This episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by the Tyrota Finish Line Social Impact Script Competition. It's back for a second year in a row. The competition will again celebrate film and television scripts that seek to raise awareness and inspire change regarding urgent issues with critical relevance across our society now, such as racial, gender, or economic inequality, climate change, drug addiction, the broken foster care system, gun violence, and much more. The competition especially encourages submissions from historically underrepresented writers. The Tyrota Finish Line Script Competition runs from January 18th through June 10th. Please go to Film Freeway and learn how to submit your script. This episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by the Finish Line Script Competition. In its sixth year, the Finish Line Script Competition is the only script competition run by ex-literary managers. Six-plus pages of actionable development notes are available to you, or you can submit your script as is. Scripts can be rewritten and resubmitted for free anytime throughout the competition. Over 40 mentors read and meet with the winners, and the competition staff itself works with many semifinalists on getting their material read throughout the industry. They are here to help writers succeed by improving your script along the way and making sure you get opportunities when your material is ready. So check out what's happening at finishlinescriptcomp.com, now open for submissions. I'ma say what I feel and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have the guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. You guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it Wakanda right, everybody. Wakanda forever. Yeah. <laughs> On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Little disclaimer, Lisa Bolacaja is out um, taking care of some family stuff. But I got the other group in the house, the males in the house, in the room, <laughs> Chris Derrick and Carl Seaton. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? I, well, like I was saying, I'm trying to stay alive right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have some, just surviving. Huh? I have some issues. My show, the show is, I'm, I, I'm not going to talk about it. I know, I know. It's so much. It's so much. <laughs> and well, man, you just got to lean into it, man. Chris, you got to lean into it. It's, it's, it's like, I was trying to, you know, you know, Carl, I was telling you, I was like, it's the one thing, uh, like sometimes you watch a show and, and you wonder, how did it get so bad? Or like, or, or, or what happened? Or blah, blah, blah. I say my show is bad, but it's like some of those network notes mm-hmm. are so. <laughs> I'm like, why do you have this job? <laughs> yeah. 
Do you not it's like, like this toxic, it's show? It's like a toxic relationship. It's like a toxic relationship. Yeah. That you're stuck. That you got to make the best of. Yeah. So yeah, when a show, when a show has a great trajectory of success, that means all cylinders have been clicking in different levels because, you know, one cylinder broken can totally derail yeah. the whole project. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you're always grateful when you have, you know, a competent, creative show writer, showrunner, you know, the network that supports the showrunner's vision that helps amplify it, the cast mm-hmm. that amplifies it, the directs amplify it, the crew and so forth. So you need all of these factions to be working in some form of cohesive harmony. One disruptor can totally derail the whole thing. Yeah, because, you know, like, I mean, I'm not to get into specifics as I can't, but it's like, you know, my showrunner, you know, hats off to him because what he's just going through, <laughs> it's just like, I'm like, All right, dude, I got to give it up to you because he's he's really going through a lot. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's wild. It's wild. Hang <laughs> in there, man. You got to lean into it. But guys, yeah. I, I think I'm about to start a new beef for 2021. Uh-oh. I'm going back to my beef with Lisa Bolakaja, man. <laughs> I put on the shelf last year. We had a good year because we talked on video chat. But here I am again, and she's nowhere to be found. So I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go back into my beef with Lisa. So if Lisa's listening, you know, I think we're back in beef mode. That's hilarious. I'm going to let you know, man. I'm going to let you know. <laughs> I ain't got no problem with you having beef with her because <laughs> she ain't showing up. Hey, dude, we've been having this issue for years, so hey, it is what it is. But oh, you know, so she, man. She I, I got to bust her over when I can. Yeah. She comes when she can and she drops some game when she's here, and that's all I appreciate. You know what I mean? So. She does drop some game, but I, I'm take, like I said, I'm back to taking it personal. When I show up, she's <laughs> in my hand. So, you know, I try to I try to go go high. Right. I'm not a go high kind of guy. I'm like, you know what? Nah. Where you at, Lisa? Where you at? So I'm so, calling you out. Yeah. So for those people who don't know, we got big bro Carl Seaton on, big time director. Man, Carl, I'm just going to tell you, I'm so fucking proud of you. Every time I turn around, you know, you shooting some of the biggest shows in the world. Always just uh, running across the country to shoot, even during Arona, you know? Yeah. And I love that yeah. shit. So. Um, cause Chris and I talk a lot about it cause Chris has been, you know, he's on the show that he can't talk about, but he's able to go to the set and see what's going on. So it's been fascinating to me. I've been, I've been really wanting to get you on to talk to you about, um, you know, in the short time we have you about, you know, what, what it's like directing during the runner compared to what it was, you know, and, and the things you have to anticipate and how, you know, you don't have the long schedules as much anymore. You have to, you know, you shoot two or three pages a day as opposed to seven or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So nah, you're still getting those. You're still getting your page counts in. Okay. It's just I mean, every aspect of production has been changed and altered because of Corona, the virus. And I mean, because the virus is itself a moving target, it directly affects production because production becomes a moving target. So, man, 80s and producers are earning their way now more than ever because every day is a whole new adventure. You could be shooting a scene and in the middle of the scene, three of your actors disappear and they're gone for 10 days because of contract chasing. Contract tracing. Man, bro. I mean, anything you can think of to disrupt production has happened and is happening. And you're really just trying to navigate to keep the keep the, the the episode going to get to the end of it, man. I mean, because 
It, I mean, you, you're tested three times a week. I've been getting tested three times a week, literally since August. So it just becomes a routine. And so that you're constantly thinking, even when you're not working, you're like, okay, it's a weekend. I can't just be out, you know, willy-nilly, maskless, whatever, because I could, I'm could. i working with these people, and, and it's just one of me on set. So if, if I'm down... That affects production momentum. So, I mean, you you constantly, you can never just put it on the shelf and say, okay, now I can chill out and go do this and go there. You have to constantly be responsible and remind yourself that, and that's just not just me, but the cast, the crew, Mm -hmm. our our time away from them is just as important as our time with them because when exposure can totally disrupt and just derail everything. Yeah. You're thinking like that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because because like the last month or so, I've been going up to set, and you gotta get tested, you know. And there's that window, yeah. And you yeah. know, and you and it's, you know, you gotta wait in line, do all this kind of shit. And it, and I just watch it, you know, because I mean, you're up there, and you're like, you know, um, SWAT was shooting, you know, on the same uh, the same place where we were shooting, and I was like, I don't know how they do it. Cause they got all this action shit going on, and they got to like do these resets and the shit. You know, it's just like and and like I would have said a few times, but then I realized if you're not integral to it, you're really like getting in everyone's way. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and you really can't like watch this thing like you know. Be, and the links to watch. I mean, it's better just to watch from the, you know, like the link and and yeah. give notes that way because yeah. it's streamlined. Know, yeah, it's streamlined. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is I'm I'm currently about to start shooting tomorrow my fifth episode under COVID. So wow, it's difficult because you got a mask on the entire day, mm-hmm. you got a face shield on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you you rocking this. You know what I'm saying? This this is you all day. This is you with this. So this this show look. This is all day long. This right. is all day. So imagine you got to give an, an intimate note to an act. You got to lean in and right. it, it, you, you have to work with it as best you can. Everybody understands, but it, it's, it can definitely, it, it, it gets in the way, but I mean, it's just, a, it's just a part of it. You know what I'm saying? And so I've done one show was in an alternate world, Batwoman. So they don't have masks in that one for the most part. Snowfall, I did two episodes of Snowfall in April, period piece. So nobody had masks. So once they took their masks on, we all were, you know, we had on the masks and the face shields, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and the show I'm doing now takes place in the 60s, so it's the same thing. Right. So, you know, it's, it's just a constant issue, man. And like I said, with the testing, they're, they're false positives. But even if it's a false positive, you have to act like it's a positive until it's not a, a false positive. Yeah. And a false positive will shut things down. You, I mean, you can be like, you get there early, like, yeah, we're not going to all that the, the day that was designed to shoot today, we're gonna do one of those things. We got to pull up four more scenes. So you have to be ready for everything. Right. You can't just plan for that day or even that week because you're playing Tetris every day with everything, just mm-hmm. to kind of keep the boat moving forward. So it just makes you prepare in a much grander sense. But uh, I mean, you know, but what it does say it, it makes everybody i'll say this having to sit down for so long made everybody kind of reflect on their desire to be there it reminded mm-hmm. you, you you were either excited to get back or was like you know what this is not for me and i know some people that have walked away like you know what life is too short i want to go x i want to go do x y and z and some people were like you know what this has renewed my vigor and, and passion for production. So it varies, man. But I'll say this. Everybody's excited to be working because 
we know what it feels like to not be working mm -hmm. and how one little thing can shut us all down. So a lot of people are very responsible and respectful of everybody else to make sure that they aren't the one because they'll be able to because of contact tracing, they'll be able to they'll be able to narrow down who was exposed, who they were exposed to and everything. So mm -hmm. nobody wants to be that person that's responsible for shutting things down. You know, and like in for example in Canada, when you first get there, you have to quarantine for 14 days. Wow. Like, you can't leave your apartment for 14 days. You know what I'm saying? So and, and they have like it's a million dollar fine six months in jail, then you get kicked out of the country. So, and, and because you're being there and you're being paid to sit there, it doesn't really make sense to kind of violate that, that quarantine. And uh, you know, a lot of people have reservations so, about doing a quarantine like that. Let, let me ask there? you, so do they, do they, do, are you getting room service all day? Are you like, what are you doing to keep yourself uh, so you don't go outside? Like what's what what's that? So, like? Yeah, you get you get you know you get your DoorDash on, you get the room service. I mean, usually they put you in apartment living, so you know you get you, you know your food delivered to you and things like that. You have a washer and dryer, and you know you just yeah they they provide things for you. They, you have delivery for you so that you don't have to go out. But uh, yeah, you're never like out and about in any way, shape, or form for at least those fourteen days coming out of when you when you first get to uh, Canada because Canada. Canada approached COVID totally differently because I was there back in uh, in August and the, their numbers were so low. They were when I was in Vancouver, they were getting like two hundred cases of uh, you know a day wow. in different places where it, it wasn't. They, they they jumped on it. They were the they they didn't, they didn't handle it the way America handled it. So they were ahead of the curve. It still got its way in there, but because of them handling it responsibly, that allowed production to really ramp up first and foremost in you know in Canada. And uh, and that's that's what they decided to do. Like you know what? Here's how we're gonna do it. We're gonna have you quarantine so that COVID just isn't running rampant through the borders and things like that. Right, so, right. Every, different. You know, some shit like in in Vancouver. At the time, we only had to wear a mask all day. But every other show after that, it's mask, the face shield, and you got to be distance. You got the COVID police on set now. And their whole job is making sure you guys are distancing. There's a safety meeting every morning talking about how to keep the doors open and air circulating and air conditioning is always cold. They got the cold air blowing and keeping the air moving. So it, it's different, man. And, and like, let's say you're doing a scene and there's a prop that you need. Mm -hmm. Usually a prop master just go to the truck and get it. That's yeah. They fly in. They fly in with it. They run it in. Now they, it has to be you know, sanitized, handed to this person. It's, it's a whole process now. So wow. little things like that can add up. Five minutes here, seven minutes here, ten minutes here. You like, wow! And they, you know, you still there's still an expectation to make your day. You know what I'm saying? So, and you're still getting five and a half, six page, seven page, sometimes eight page days that you just have to really map out and plan out and just you know do the best that you can. You really, I mean, you really just kind of lean into it because you say you know every day is a different day, but it really makes you fine tune what's really important. Arbitrary things are tossed aside a lot quickly. Like, okay, what really matters here? Let's get to the crust of it. Let's get to the meat of it. Let's get the meat. We can get some more, you know, trimmings. Great, but let's focus on this, this, and this so that we can move on. And then you also want to, you don't want to beat anybody up. So you go in there like, okay, let's maximize this coverage, this economic shooting schedule so that nobody's tired. Nobody's just getting, you know, beaten down because you still got inclement weather and things like that that can affect production as well. And in locations like 
Back in the day, you go to a location, a little small room, those out of there. You know, it's almost impossible to shoot in a small room because you got the camera department, the actors and things like that. So you're, it, it, it affects storytelling in a way. So you're constantly thinking ahead, like, how can we, you know, tell this story without compromising the integrity of the story under the guy's code? So it's a lot more strategical planning, a lot more meetings. And, you know, everybody, everything's on Zoom now. You know, I, I, I've had my entire prep Zoom meeting in my, you know, in my apartment room, in my apartment since I've been here. Wow. Are you, are you in New York or where are you at? Yeah, I'm in New York. I'm out okay. here in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so do you find that it's made you, because we all have styles, right? Now, I'm sure you have to adapt as a director for every mm-hmm. show you're on, you know? Because yeah. sometimes I'm sure there might be some show. Hey, Chris, I hear you. Can you make, can you make? Hey, just seeing, I'll write something down, yeah. Right. Keep going. Like sometimes I'm wondering when you're, when you're prepping a show, or when you're about to direct another show, sometimes you show up early and you might have to. Um, I don't know. I'm asking, really asking you the question. Um, do you, do you, do you sometimes have to shadow somebody to, to understand the style, or is it more just all that in prep and then you know where, where you you study the show, you watch it, you, you view it, you talk with the EP, you know all that. Is is it more that way as opposed to? Well, it's more so. You, it all depends on the director. Like a, a newer director may shadow, you know, but you always have a, you have prep. But you know, a, a real director is serious about the craft will have a pre prep. Meaning, you're gonna when you get your first script, you've already seen as many episodes as you can. Right. You've gotten the scripts that you read, you know. So you're coming in fully informed, so that you can keep building as opposed to playing catch up. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and then the producing director kind of gives you the lay of the land as well, and the showrunner they'll give you the lay of the land as well, like which important story beats that are going to be carrying on to your particular episode. And then as you go on in prep and you ask questions like, okay, this moment, will this affect, like I'm doing episode nine of a 10, of a 10 episode season. So we're talking about the things that led to this episode and the things that it, it, it's going to spring forth in the next episode and into the next season. So it's all about strategic planning. But uh, I mean, just as a director that's big on preparation, you, you want to watch as many episodes of the show as possible to understand the type of language they apply and what their world really looks like visually. And then also you, you want to know story moments because when you're talking and working with actors, it's a great way to call back certain things to help get them in the proper mindset for a scene. Like, remember, this is a callback from episode six when you did X, Y, and Z. Or this is a setup for episode 10. So you're going to be going in this direction and so forth. You know what I'm saying? And that helps that helps everybody kind of like dig into the process. But I do know some shows that, that have directors that haven't really done it before come in and, and shadow a director. But I guess because of my track, I, I think I'm, I think I graduated from that that, that yeah, part. Yeah. Unless they have the shadow thing as anymore. I just kind of get in. But like I said, I come in as fully informed as possible mm-hmm. and educated about the mythos of the show. We can have these kind of conversations on day one of prep, which is a concept. So, and that, that you let them know that allows them to say, okay, now we can just keep building. We're not playing catch up. So, so, so are you pretty much being offered these? These the directing jobs now. You don't have to interview for them no more. You just they're, they're just or, or or are you telling your reps, dude? I really want to work on this show. Can you get me over there? Like what? It's like, a little both. It's a little, little both. Like you know, certain networks I haven't worked with, so I have to meet the current departments there, the execs, and so forth. And what allows me to get these meetings is them looking at my resume. I'm 
I'm saying? But you still have to get some FaceTime with them to show them who you are, let, let them know your personality, give them an idea of how you work, how you prepare. Your resume definitely helps speak for you. They still want to have some interpersonal communication with you to get an idea of who you are and how you work and so forth. And what also helps, a lot of everybody talks, man. This is a very, you know, incestuous business where people work with each other. Some people are great friends with each other. They'll, you know, you go to a show, like, yeah, we heard great things about you. I'm like, where from who? And you never know who's saying what. You want to be as consistent with how you move with everybody. You, you don't want to go all out for one show and then be on some bullshit on the next show. You want to be consistent and be excellent every time you step to the plate. And that helps extend your brand because, you know, people can be vouching for you that you don't even know. But they've heard and seen, they've seen your work. They know people that have worked with you like, yo, he does this, he does this, he does this. And that that has gotten me into some rooms that I haven't gotten my own or my representation. They're like, yo, this, this person has requested you. They want to meet with you based on X, Y, and Z. So, right. always tasking. so it's, it's always going on in that regard. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Because I know that's one thing we're really trying to push for Chris. We want to we want to get Chris to, to be able to get the position where he's directing episodes and stuff. You know? So I just know that that's... Uh, I'm just fascinated during this time, you know, in the COVID, you know, how much you, you and Jeff, Jeff Bird, I'm just so happy to see how much you guys are working, and, you know, just blowing up, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's, hey, man, listen, I, I, I'm motivated by a lot of different people, man, and, and I don't take this lightly. I'm grateful for all the opportunities I'm giving, man, and, and you know, in a lot of ways, you know, the people that came before me that have, that have poured themselves into me, like John Singleton and Eric LaSalle, I feel indebted to, to continue their legacy. You know what I'm saying? And, and just demand excellence of others and demand excellence of myself. And, you know, it's still a craft, and I'm still learning, I'm still growing. And, you know, as you get strong, it's like working a muscle. As you get stronger and get stronger, you're like, okay, okay, now I can try this, now I can do this. And, and it, just, it just becomes a more organic, beautiful evolution. You know, like I said, I, I remain humble, remain grateful, and I'm just happy the opportunities are coming. Because I remember last year this time, I was like, man, we, we're done for the year. I don't think we'll be working again. But, you know, some things happened. Like, the show started ramping back up mm-hmm. in August. I booked this show, and I booked this show, and this show. And then this show, I'm like, okay, just lean, you just lean into it, man. It's a level of acceptance. You're like, you know what? It's going to be an interesting experience because the plan is this, but COVID can totally change the plan. You just kind of you, you go in and just do the best you very the very best that you can, and you know, and everybody understands that. Everybody's respectful of that. And, you know, it's it's been a, a cool process. I can't wait till I can go on set without a mask because right. so these shows they've only seen this of me. They, they <laughs> my face. I'm covered right. the entire time. I when I, get out, when I get in the van, I'm put on the mask. They they've right. never really see you know my face. And like at lunchtime, everybody's separated. So this oh, that okay. communal family vibe is being compromised because. You can laugh and joke with people. You, you, I mean, usually I like to get there early to go hang out in the hair and makeup trailer to talk to actors. That's over with. You can't be in there. So you can't do that either? Wow. No, yeah. that's all over, man. Right. No, no. No. Wait, hold, hold on one second. Go ahead. Cool. I got a little bit more time, fellas. Okay, okay cool. Yeah. Chris, well, while we so, got uh, mom, you know, please feel free to jump in, you know. No, no, I mean, I look, I'm very curious to hear, you know, I mean, some questions I asked or uh, thinking about the stuff that you asked. I mean, you know, I mean, like, I'm very just curious to know about, like, I mean, you talk about how, how prep has changed. You talk about the, the just be ready for everything. I mean, I, 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 to me, I always feel like what 
saves you as a director is, you know, if you've done your A, B, C, and D options on like all the stuff that you know what you're working like because you because you because you never know what is not going to go uh, down smoothly. You know, like 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 what could you know? And the one thing that the one thing that will screw you up is. Everyone is looking for you to get the train back on the tracks if it gets derailed during production, you know, like that day. So for you to be able to have have thought it out and thought out, well, if this if this if I can't do it this way, how's like like what are the other ways to do this? Because I think ultimately, you know, like for the last five or six months, Carl, like I've been, you know, like at the Beverly Hills Playhouse, you know, and the one thing that's been really cool about that is it's just like what I, you know, like tell the story with the actors and tell the story, you know, I figure out how to do that as effectively as possible. And if you can just have that focused, then the technical stuff just becomes, depends on like how, how skilled you are with that mm-hmm. and moving the camera around, moving the actors around. But ultimately if, if, if you compromised, then you know how to strip it down and tell the story that just you need to be able to tell could be because that's going to happen. You know, particularly yeah. it happens regardless if it's COVID or not. But I think from what you're saying and from on our show, it's like there's been some crazy stuff that you're just like, you know, man, like, I'm glad that this is happening. To me, it's like I'm glad this is happening because you kind of see how people are thinking on their feet and not, you know, um, uh, they're not panicking, you know. And, of course, everyone could potentially panic because no one knows exactly what to do because when these certain things happen, you know, it's like, oh, this is what I would normally do, but I can't do this now because of the COVID things, you know? And so I, yeah. I, I, just, I think being, I, I think being able to be as flexible as you can is, I mean, I mean, this is probably an interesting time for you because you're being put through this fire that you're probably not going to have again, but it prepare you for any other kind of like, like minor mistake or setback, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that because I've dealt with the bullshit of right, the right. thing, everything like that. So it's, it, it's interesting well, to, well, to hear what you're saying. Actually, going, going back, going back a little step further, no budget filmmaking prepares you for everything. Yeah, you have no safety net. Facts. Yeah, and that's my, that's my base. That's my, that's my foundation. And because of that. You know, you, you then you then you start being like on some Bruce Lee shit. Like you, you be like water, man. You know what I'm saying? Like you 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 may have a great idea, and it's a dope idea. You can't do that idea. Do you wallow and, and be like, but it's a dope idea? Like yeah, but you can't do it. So let's plan and be it out. You know what I'm saying? You you don't hang your hat on one thing. You don't die on that hill. You just constantly adapt. You adapt in advance. Adapt in advance. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, and these are lessons and fundamentals I learned from getting my key teeth kicked in with no money. Like, yo, we can't afford this. The cops roll up on us. We got to run. You know what I'm saying? Go this way, I go that way. You know, just having a strategy like that, you keep that in the back of your mind and you apply it to this era of COVID. Like, it really makes no sense to get stressed out and frustrated because it's nobody's fault. You can't blame anybody. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like trying to fight water. Like you 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 can't. It's everywhere. So you got to be respectful of it. You got to be mindful of it, and do the best you can within it. And uh, you know it 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 it, it fortifies. You. That's that's the biggest thing. It fortifies. You. And it really, but like like you said, even if the idea doesn't work, 
if you have stripped it down to figure out, okay, what is this moment about? As long as you have that foundation, you can pull from anywhere and still get the same effect shooting it. You can shoot something. I mean, you think about it. You get 10 directors, you shoot something 10 different ways. So, when you, when you, but when you have the, ele- the elements and the foundation, you can still get the intent. And yeah. Yeah. Get those story beats in, and, you know, advance. That makes sense. That yeah, because it's like, you know, like, right, you know, like the last two or three, you know, the last month or so, all I've been really able to watch has been like, has been like classic movies. You know, I've been watching a lot of black and white stuff because it's like, I, I know it makes it easy for me to watch right now. Um, and I, I'm always fascinated about like how much they're able to convey in like, you know, like I'm going to do like a single shot and I'm going to stage it in a certain way where the camera move and the actor move like is very subtle, you know, but it tells the story and it's, and it's like, oh, it's less setups. It's less setups. It's less to do. And it's, and, and it's still compelling because the acting is really strong. And the story is really strong. I mean, a lot of it I noticed is like, oh, you have to find like that one angle that really works really, really well. And you could stay in that angle for a longer period of time if you had to. Um, It's Mm -hmm. interesting to see. I mean, it's interesting to see what they're they're able to do as opposed to like newer stuff where they're jumping around and getting like, you know, you know, it's three cameras going. And and I mean, it's it's interesting kind of like, you know, technique stuff. And I'm also looking at that for this movie I'm prepping. Because I'm trying to find five different styles to show, like in this one film, and I'm just looking at different ways to do that. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and and I realize like that every different era, like I really has kind of like a baseline style that's little that you could use. Is you can use the pull from and go, oh, this is how I could approach this story because yeah, this yeah. story is contained this way, or I'm telling this type of tale in this way, you know, because I, I have a piece that's kind of, a, it's, it's, it's like a road film for like 20 pages, like in my script. And I'm like, I don't need to be so like frenetic with the coverage, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need to do that. I mean, I'm looking at like that film, Paris, Texas, a lot. And I was like, oh, like he's able to do this, this way. And, it's, and, it, and, it, and it says something different about showing the landscape and everything that helps with the character. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to think about like different ways that people shot with the, the, the had restrictions on the technology that we don't have now that could be effective mm-hmm. for, you know, for what's happening now, you know? Hey, Carl, mm-hmm. let me ask you a question. So we, I remember we talked about this, I don't know, probably a couple of years ago, um, about how do you add your voice into these shows? Mm-hmm. It's like, has that shifted for you? You still find ways to do that, and how? And for those people who have never heard that episode, can you can you bring can you tell us about that again? Yeah, I mean, because you you go from when you go from episode to episode on different TV shows, you, you're telling different stories, right. and you know, as a, as a director. You know, there's a mis- misconception with episodic television where they think that you're just like a, a traffic cop, just directing traffic. You don't really add or anything to it. And that's a total, total misrepresentation of what episodic directors can do, especially well-versed episodic directors. Right. And, 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 and I say that because what you really want to focus on is figuring out, you know, how to tell the story the best way and then how to figure out how to season it with your style. And for me personally, it's performance. It, first of all, I'm always serving the story. You know, it's not even about my ego. It's not about, I'm do it this way because I said so. That's bullshit. It's serving the story. And when you're servicing the story, that's visually, that's finding moments in the performance that may not necessarily be in the script, 
but are connected to the script that enhance and elevate the script. You know what I'm saying? And when you talk to like seasoned directors of any genre, they'll know like, you know, there's a context of course, and then there's subtext, and then there are jewels that aren't necessarily specified in the subtext that will just solidify the subtext as well. So it's really about mining these moments where you can have a scene where people say two lines, but those two lines can have such an emotional impact if done the right way. So that's another way of putting your style into it. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody thinks that putting your style into it means it has to be ham-fisted or you gotta have this signature shot. And that's not necessarily the case. You can, you because every show is so different. There's a way to put your style in it by, like I said, serving the story and just putting elements into the performance that just really stand out. And it's really, uh, you know, really move the audience in a way that jumps off the page. Yeah, well, yeah, because, I mean, I think that what, if you are staying in the same genre all the time, and I think there's this thing about how, like, you know, like how filmmakers work and how that, people think about that is like, you know, they have developed something that works for them as sort of like a visual style. But there are filmmakers who, you know, who have a, who, who, who don't, have whose who's visual style kind of takes a back seat to what they're like they're giving you overall performance wise mm-hmm. you know i was just watching like ford ferrari the other day and i remember like listening to james mango talk about that movie and i was like james mango doesn't have like a visual style that you can like point to but mm-hmm. he's got an emotional thing that he does in all of his movies that is really really strong and and I think that if you look at all those movies together, you would say, oh, this is how he does it. Because I was thinking back about like, you know, I mean, just just some of his early work, like going back to Copland and stuff like that. It's, it's like he, he, I mean, there's things you can do that, that aren't like, the, like you said, there are these hand-fisted elements that can still like make the film or the TV show like feel like this is like Carl Seaton's work. Or this is yeah. Chris Derrick's work because this is what he or she, someone, you know, woman comes in, this is what they do. This is what they bring to the table. You know, it's like you yeah. were saying to me one time before, Carl, like, like they're going to ask you, you know, the current execs, like what, you know, they're going to ask you, like, what's your strength? Like, what do you bring to the table? You know, mm-hmm. and you want to tell them, well, I'm going to go with the camera, I'm going to go with the actors, I'm going to go with the story, you know, and be- because because you... As a filmmaker, as a director, like 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 you lean into what you are excited about, you know, more than anything. You know, some yeah. people don't like the camera stuff. They go, just is is theirs so I can get to to tell the story, you know. Um yeah. and I, I think that I think a lot of it is do you know how to articulate that well to people who are hiring you? Yeah. You know? And 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 also, I mean, because there there's some directors that they will put that circle in a square and ram it in there. Their their style, their visual style. And sometimes their visual style can be jarring because the story doesn't call for that. So sometimes being mindful enough to say, you know what, this isn't that show or this isn't that story. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why being being of service to the story is priority. And because, you know, you have some directors that they be on some look at me, look at me. I got all the cool <laughs> shit. Look at me, look at me. And it works to some degree. But when you're serving a story, you be like, you know what? Let me get my, let me take a step back and let it breathe. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always think about like episode two of Seven Seconds that Jonathan Demi directed, where the last scene of the episode was just a camera sitting on Regina King's face. Yeah. You saw her go through stages of grief, mm-hmm. and Jonathan Demi was smart enough to just get the fuck out the way. Like, man, 
I got a beast here. Do your thing. Let me just let her do her thing as opposed to me coming with a cool sweeping push in shot and a track and pull out and, and scene. Like, nah, the simplicity of that is your style. You know what I'm saying? And because, you know, a lot of people are, you know, you got some cats that come in, they're all visual, visual, visual. But sometimes if you're so focused on that visual, you're losing the soul connection. So, right. Part of your style is serving the story, making sure that there's an emotional connection because if the audience is not engaged or invested, it doesn't matter how dope your shot is. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always mindful of that. So that's also a part of it. You know what I'm saying? Because you're right. Sometimes it's not even about the shot. It's just that intimate close-up lingering on someone's face that's really making something resonate to the audience. Well, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, because like the other, you know, the other day, I think it was two weeks ago, I did the, um, I did, I put up the final scene from, or the final confrontation from Michael Clayton up at the playhouse right mm-hmm. and and it's like and I, and I love that movie and i love it so much and then but then but but the minute i finished i came home a friend of mine texted me she was like hey is there a movie you know of where someone like they linger on the actor for like for like th- two three minutes at the end i was like oh yeah michael clayton you know yeah, it's like right. and, you know and, and like it's not the scene that i did but in the, that final moment in the movie when he gets in that taxi cab it's like there's a lot of ways you could have shot that Mm-hmm. But he keeps it so simple, and even the scene with, that I did, like he kept it simple because he let Clooney and Tilda Swinton just burn on camera, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot to recognizing, you know, who do you, you know, like who you put the camera on. There's a lot to like, like being that kind, of, like you said, like I like fuck my ego, like the person that I'm putting the camera on. That is who is gonna be, like, like is gonna bring the is gonna bring the audience in and and control them. And it's the cool thing about like in Clayton or in like Call Me By Your Name, like that single shot at the end. That's that's simple of like, it's just put it on this person and let them like just and let them take us on the ride through what's going on in their face is mm-hmm. more effective than like if I got three shots to do this. You know, like Absolutely. I got the close up, I got the moving, I got the wider shot to show them like they're looking like isolated. But you need all that if their face can do it all, and that's and yeah. that's really your. I mean, as the director, you go, okay, how do I, your main thing is, you know, engage the audience, you know, like keep them engaged throughout until the screen goes black. And even after the screen goes black for a little bit, if you're really good, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, 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 and that's all about, like you said about like, what's the story? Because if the story, because the, the thing that is great is you say to yourself, is the story doing a lot of heavy lifting? Because if the stories are like a whole lot of heavy lifting, there's not a lot that that you need to do, and yeah. and that you shouldn't do. You should be right. you should be smart enough to say I don't need to you know to go overboard. Let me, let me get out the way. Let me yeah. get out of the way. And sometimes a lot of directors can trip themselves up thinking that they got to get in the way. Like yo, it's it's on the page. Mm-hmm. Let let that page breathe. And 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 that's the thing because the you have to think about the emotional connection that the audience has with the con with the content. And a lot of sometimes, some, like I said, sometimes ego can get in the way with that and they can totally impede that process. And they wonder, like, why there's a disconnect with the audience is because that moment that you should have been lingering on, you went out of and went to this cool, super duper fly shot that is going to go on your reel, but doesn't really give context to this moment. Right. But that, that's, those are just, I mean, when you open yourself up humbly to learn these type of lessons, you, you keep that in mind when you, when you move forward. And then when you go through multiple different genres, 
you realize, yo, this play could work. You know, it's just like in sports, you know, if I'm if I'm the Lakers, there's a certain way I'm going to play Golden State. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain way I'm going to play the Brooklyn Nets. I don't play everybody the exact same way. Right. So for me to say, this is my style, I'm going to do everything <laughs> like this, it's limiting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Sorry, Chris. Let me, let me ask you this just because you just said something, just sparked something. Um, so being that you've done so many different styles, right, in different shows, usually we people get pigeonholed. That clearly hasn't happened to you yet, you know, because of how diverse your resume has grown. Yeah. That was the plan. Uh, but but let me just ask you this. Yeah, so talking about that, what makes you decide what you're going to do next? You know, coming from, you know, you've been on some huge shows coming from, like because you don't want to go down. You know what I mean? So what makes you keep going forward? Like what makes you keep, you know, expressing yourself in different ways? Well, you know, it, it's all about strategy, man. It's all about strategy. And I was fortunate enough to have some, you know, some mentors like, you know, once again, John Singleton, Eric Style, David Rodriguez, may rest in peace. John yeah. Singleton, rest in peace. These brothers would, you know, kind of explain to me the the big picture mm-hmm. and how every job you pick, you know, says something about you. And, you know, there's a way that you can do it where you don't get pigeonholed. And there's a way you can do it where you totally get pigeonholed. So you just want to be smart. And sometimes you got to say no and step back, say, okay, I got to say no for this and hope another situation comes that can help me move to, you know, where I'm really trying to get to. Because from day one, I've had two shows that, that have been my, you know, my muse that I've been chasing. And those shows are like top tier type shows. I'm like, it, so because of these two shows are where I'm trying to get, I always gauge like, okay, this, this assignment, will this help me get there? Will this get me, will this move further away? And that's how I've been able to kind of gauge like this can serve me in this way. This can serve me in that way. Or this might just be a lateral move. Or this might be a step back. So, you know, you're always thinking strategically. You're always, you know, you're always mapping things out like, okay, here's where I'm trying to be in this amount of time and so forth. So it's a strategy you have with, you know, your team. You bring your team around. You, you share with them. This is the goal. Let's figure out the steps to get to that goal. And, you know, steps to avoid to get to that goal as well. So, because a misstep can be just as costly as a step back. So, yeah. That's the yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I say that a lot to people. I feel like part of your talent is what you choose to do, you know, because if you just take anything, then it's like, uh, then then you're kind of wasting any time, like any like raw natural talent that you have, you really got to strategize so you can be as versatile as you want to be and reach the opportunities that you're saying. I mean, look, if you got two shows that you're aiming for, it's like this, you know, I want to be here and shoot this kind of stuff, you know, and, and, and be involved in these kind of like, like projects. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you have to find, I think you have to do that with every aspect of, the business if you're writing stuff like choose Everybody. to write, write the right yeah. stuff like get on the right shows like don't take a show like like for me there was a show that i the network was talking to me about a lot in the summer and i and i, and I went home and they say hey can you watch these episodes tell us what you think about the first season and i went back and watched it and like i couldn't get through more than three and i was like <laughs> i can't be on this show mm-hmm. i said but i would like to be on a show now because i want that 
but I got, but and I would kept battling, uh, uh, uh. And then I heard, like, you know, like when I was kind of equivocating, that I, and I kind of got back late, like two days late to the executive because I was, I don't know what to say to her. Um, and then a, a week later, they hired someone else that I knew, another black guy. I was like, okay, good. They're not going to hire me because 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 they're not going to hire like two black guys on on one show. <laughs> I was like, good, 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 good. Um, I, I mean, for I, I was bummed for me. I was like, fuck, because I wanted a job, and you know how last summer was, and no one had money. Um, yeah. And but yeah. then like you know, but but then two months later, I got the job that I'm on now, and I was like, this is a better opportunity for me for yeah. what I want to do and, and what and, I want to be. And it's so much easier said than done because you know you're dealing with reality and desperation. Yeah, poverty. You know, hunger, rain, yeah. you know. So it's easy to say, I'm going to walk away from this job. It's easier said than done. But, and that's why you really have to kind of fortify yourself. Like, okay, it, will this move me? Because you're right, when you start just taking any job, and I, I can't discredit anybody that does that because this game is, is tough. You got to eat. And you yeah. want to, not only do you got to eat, but you want to keep some, mom some momentum going. So it's a slippery slope. Taking this job and that job and that job can yeah you're working, but you could be putting yourself into a specific box. So yeah, I mean it's I mean, very elusive because what can work for one person, you do the exact same thing and it won't work for you in this industry, you know. But you're right, everybody, not just directors or actors or writers or producers, we all have to be strategic with the things that we invest our time in because it's kind of shaping who we are seen at, what yeah. are branded, what are they known for? Oh, th this is the land, this is their, this is their wheelhouse. Oh, that's their wheelhouse and so forth. So, you know, and we all want to work, but you, you, you know, you got to put strategy in there as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I remember I was talking with, um, you know, I'm uh, Dave Andron on mm -hmm. Snowfall, you oh, know, yeah. and, uh, uh, he and I were talking, and 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 he and and I wanted to ask him. I was like, "Look, man, can you like tell me a strategy that you use so you didn't have to repeat staff writer?" And he said to me, "If if they offer you that again, turn it down." And I was like, "Okay," but he's like, "Just turn it down." Like like it might be hard financially and everything like that. But he but he was like he but he was like number one, you probably made enough money. Off your first staff writing job, that if you were smart, mm -hmm. you can coast for like a like a little bit, so you can turn down the bullshit, you know. And he and he said some things. He said, "Look, sometimes they're testing you. Sometimes they're testing you. They go, hey, do it again.' Like seeing that, well, okay, so it, so if you fall for this, that means that we can squeeze you, you know. Yeah. And you probably repeat a third time, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's that's a powerful. People don't realize the power of no." can speak yeah. volumes, you know what I'm saying? And the goal is to get to a point where you can say no. That's always been a goal. Because when you're in a, when you're in a position where you can't afford to say no, you just can't afford to say no. So you're always working to get to a point where you, and that's not keeping up with the Joneses, not yeah. having the, the bright, shiny, flashy, over overpriced whatever mm -hmm. that you have to keep up like man i got this now i got to do x y and z you know what i'm saying you know especially out in la where people want to be perceived as one thing as opposed right. to what it really is so but when when you're fighting to get to a point where you can say no and be like i'm good and i can stand by this no there's a level of respect that comes with that and you're right they can't squeeze you they can put you in a box and it, it goes back to knowing your value, knowing your worth, and saying, like, you know what? I'm going to say no because I know something bigger. If I deserve something bigger and better, mm -hmm. and they know that if, I've given, if I'm given something bigger and better, I will work twice as hard 
to, you know, once I got that assignment and so forth. So there, there's definitely cachet in saying, yeah, I'm not going to do that because this this industry thrives on fear, greed, and, and, and desperation, which is an extension of fear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how they say, but we can get him in because he just got a brand new house. He's got this and that. Yeah, we'll, we'll spend yeah. him a little bit. He'll be back and so forth. Yeah, like I always tell everybody, the producer's job is to get you for cheaper. Yeah. It is. It totally is. To come in under. That's the whole yeah. point. Come if in under. Take it out of save the money. The director's department, they will. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks, Carmen. We know you're busy today, but we you know, appreciate you jumping on the last minute with us and just hanging and dropping some game. Hey, you know, always my pleasure, man. I, I still, I still listen, man. I listened to Bianca last week. I, I hit her up like, "Yo, it's great hearing your voice." Bianca's great. Yeah, In fact, my first network show on uh, CW was with Bianca. She co-wrote the episode I did of the originals with Julie right. Plank, which is right. great. So yeah, I've been a big fan of Bianca's from day one. So yeah, I said you are still, you know, giving the game and, and sharing, the, sharing the jewels and such. So uh, you know, keep fighting a good fight, man. Indeed, Always man. happy. To- we out here. Can you? Uh, I don't know if you could say the, the the show that you're working on right now, but what you got coming up that we can look for? Okay, so in April I got two episodes of Snowfall coming. Uh, yes. I, I did episodes nine and episode John. So uh, we always call episode ten because John did the final episode of the first two seasons. So we got used to saying episode John. I so I did I nine it. John. And uh, and now uh, I, I got an episode of Bull coming up in a couple in about a month, and I'm currently working on uh, uh, Godfather of Harlem. Nice. Uh, for, oh, it's yeah. uh, uh, Chris Brancato. I love yeah. that. Yeah, Chris. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Chris is great, man. I, I had is. a great time with Chris. Great time with Chris, man. Yeah. I mean, tone meeting was has been a lot of fun. Man. I, I love tone meetings, man. I, I I'm not I'm not I'm not shy about doing a three and a half four hour. Tone meeting. We've had part one tone meeting, part two tone meeting. I'm like, let's go. Well, pays the problem. We got to keep going. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's it's great. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm you know I'm excited to be out here rock with these guys. So you know that you know the goal is just to keep elevating, man, and keep working hard, and and not lose sight of you know the the mission, which is to keep elevating, and then you know create a situation where you can give other folks opportunities. Speaking of that, can you talk about? I don't know what what's ever happened. Are you you guys still making that show? You guys were gonna do you and you and your team. Yeah, we're still on it. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're still we're still in the lab on it. You know, just kind of you know. Here's the thing, because there's some other camps doing similar stories, so we we you're fortifying our our arsenal so that when we roll out with it, it's a steamroller. So we, we so we've been you know we've been putting all those pieces together. But yes, yeah, it's, it's still it's still all going. Okay, awesome, awesome. That's good, man. It's good to hear. It's good to see you, man, because I ain't seen you in, like, shit, since the summer, last summer? Yeah, it's been a minute, man. It's been a minute. I mean, you know, it's been a year since the world shut down. So, yeah, it's definitely been a minute, man. So That's why I was like, yeah, let me hop on with y'all real quick, man. So, you know, yeah, I got got to roll out. I got three minutes, man. All good, all good. All right, man. Where where can people find you? Let's do that. Uh, uh, Mr. Carl Seaton, and yes, the DMs are still trash. Um, <laughs> you know, Mr. Carl on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and I've I, I've been on Clubhouse once. I haven't really been back much. It's a lot, and it's a it's a lot of it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yo, it's a lot of professionals on there that yeah. when you when you look up their resumes, like yo, you haven't really done enough to be talking like you talking. So I, I just kind of <laughs> let them have their platforms, you know. And, and then also, I tell a lot of filmmakers like. 
if you're on Clubhouse, man, give yourself a, a time limit because I agree. That's what I always five say. hours on Clubhouse, you're not doing your job now. Exactly. Now you're right. just pacifying yourself yeah. with, you know, supposed knowledge and information. So take it, take it for what it is, but always have a set time. Like, okay, I got enough of the face of the, the clubhouse gyms today. Let me go do my work. I, Cause I tell them I'd rather you fail from not knowing than just keep listening and listening and listening and not doing anything. Yeah. It, it leads to a lot of passivity. I'm like, man, like there's one call that went for like six hours. I'm like, Yo, that's a whole lot of nothing. You, yeah, you may be listening, but how are you incorporating this? If you're just listening for six hours and not furthering what you're working on. So, you know, but shout out to Clubhouse and everybody on Clubhouse. Yeah, uh, I mean, we were on it too. You know, I'm actually on a panel tonight at four yeah. and with the bunch of talking about. I've only been on it for like 30 minutes total. Total. Because yeah. like, yeah. I, I, I listen to it, I'm like, you guys don't say anything that, that like, I don't know yet. Or, I mean, the one thing I wanted to hear was like the that reunion of the Shield last week, you know? Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, oh, uh, but, but I got fucked because. We got our first call from our show when we're going, guys, we have to meet at 7 o'clock tonight. I was like, what? Y'all <laughs> fucking around? But that's how it is. So, yeah, man. So, you know, but it's, you know it's, it's cool for what it is. Just I've listened to one. I listen. The things I listen to have nothing to do with the industry, honestly. I'm right. listening to financial advisors and this thing about oh, Bitcoin and all kind of different things that have nothing Bitcoin, to do. Bitcoin, look at you get in the crypto thing, man. Uh, that I, shit. I, I, I'm, I'm all about education, man. I, I mean, I, I want to learn. No, no, you, no, no, you should. Like, you should because the crypto stuff is so, I mean, it's it's so it's so complicated. It's so complex. It's so it crazy like, that you have to. That's why I need to know as much as I can from different points of view so I can <laughs> paint a picture. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, stuff, I'm like, yeah, y'all can have that. So, you know, we don't want like to call it, guys. Yo, want to be late. Always love y'all, my brothers. Y'all keep doing your thing, man. And listen, y'all talk to Lisa. <laughs> she going to get them hands. Huh? <laughs> she going to get them hands, okay? She get them hands. You tell Lisa, I'm in the streets. I'm in the streets. I, I know San Diego, okay? I'm familiar. She can't hide everywhere. <laughs> All right, y'all. Right, love y'all, man. Y'all right, be easy. I love you too, man. We'll talk soon. Okay. Peace, fellas. Right, peace, fellas. <laughs> Where are you at, Chris Derrick? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm on um, uh, Unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. That's the best place to find me. Obviously, I'm on Facebook, too, but I'm rarely... I should get back on Facebook more, like, now that the tr now that Trump is out of office. That's the main reason why I got off, because it was, yeah, like, good. too much... Too, it's just all the feeds, and this is, you know, before we even knew that Facebook was getting gained by the Russians, mm -hmm. I just had to get off, but now I'm, I might get back on. But There's, a, there's I mean, a lot of little Writers Guild stuff on there, which is the main reason why I stay on there. You yeah, know? I'm, I mean, I, I mean, basically, I, I had my notifications set for when that stuff came on there, but I still would always kind of, like, not want to check it, because you get kind of, you, you could get, at least for me, I would get, um... <coughs> and want to see what people are doing and wanna and I just like oh it's too much. I mean and honestly it's like I feel like if I was like like a little further along with some things you know like the one thing that Carl said was so important is the thing about you know momentum, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like how you keep the momentum going and that's kind of where I am right now where if I knew that I had like two or three things lined up ready to go or ready to go out or or, or mm -hmm. have more you know, if I, if I had more faith in what my reps could do for me and stuff like that, you, you know, then I probably wouldn't be as grinding as hard as I am now because right. I realize that it's like I have a really, you know, dope opportunity. 
I can't shout about it. So therefore, you know, that's something that kind of like it's it's kind of hampering me. I mean, I can talk to industry people inside about it, but it's like, but I need like the second or the third thing going or mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. And so I'm just working all, all the time. Like I, feel, I mean, you know, it's like remember we we're talking about people what to do in the room and it's like you need to watch what your showrunner's watching what he's talking about you know i mean like he was talking about like um he's been talking he was talking about wandavision for the last month you know and i was like i just can't i mean i just like you know i started to watch it i didn't get it i don't know i need i need to try it again well i mean i mean like i watched the first 20 minutes and i was like i don't really i see where this could be going but i was like i don't have to but like I don't have the capacity to let myself like focus on that. Like mm-hmm. honestly, like you know, I think since last December, I think I've only watched like five. Or, I think I've watched maybe like four movies mm-hmm. and about maybe like eight episodes of television. Like in the last like 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 three months, you know, it's it's, it's like. Did it's, you watch Lupin, by the way? I watched that. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That. But 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 because yeah. that's. Because that's my shit. <laughs> yes, that's my shit. It's a French show. It's right. a thriller show, and it's a smart little show. But I, but basically, I've only basically since early December, I've watched Lupin. I've watched a, the second season of of the Bureau. Um, I watched like two episodes of The Expanse. Uh, I watched this show called Giri Haji. Oh, yeah. uh, I've I I only watched that that. Um, I watched that movie, that Denzel movie that he was in with, with that was the, called Little Things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and Wonder Woman. I think, like, that's all that I've watched in, like, three and a half months because, A, it's like I don't necessarily find... It's hard for me to want to watch a movie if I know I, could, I only have to watch it at home. You know, like, like all this like all this stuff that I... I mean, it's, you know how it is in L.A. There's, like... Mm-hmm. There's all these revival houses where you can go and find like old classics and stuff playing in the theater somewhere, and I would go do that. Yeah. And I ha- and I just haven't had the the. I think it's like I haven't had the interest to watch much. I'm just like you know I I feel like I want to do my stuff. I'm, if I'm not doing my stuff, you know, or or you know, or working on my show, then I'm just like I'm not too interested in what goes on, yeah. um, which is. By you the know, way- now that you're at the end of the last few weeks of your show, are you are you just like planning to take off for a week and and, and get some rest? Are you are you just gonna keep pushing forward with the other project now now that you can move forward? Well, I mean, the thing is 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 that I don't know how much time I'm gonna be off actually because they have the option to extend me, what you know, for the third season. Is your third season starting immediately or something? Or? They might be starting wow. it or, or, or very soon because we fell behind because of some uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, it might be a week off. You know, like oh, I might wow. get a week off. That's it. Huh? Um, you know, maybe I'll be off the end of this week and we, third season starts the top of April. So maybe it's only two weeks. You know, I mean, I'm not really sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I have to find all that out because... I don't even really know. This is the thing about my reps that kind of uh, irritates me. I was telling them in early January. I said, okay, look, so I got like 10 weeks left. So what's the plan 
if they don't extend me like 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 what do we do like i like i don't want to mess up this the the ball on this like we yeah. can you can use this yeah. you while know. you're on a show is when you have to be doing it while i'm on a show you know and yeah. you know i mean yeah. I, I mean i put together like a list i mean i sent them like a, a two-page design like this is my first quarter plan I want these meetings. It's like with like 15 companies. This is what I'm doing with my movie. This is what I might be doing with the short film. This yeah. is like this book that I want to try to get. And like, you know, as of last Friday, they only got, they, they've only set two meetings for me, mm. you know? And I was like, I'm getting, I'm getting so pissed. Cause I'm like, you've had like a fucking quarter, mm-hmm. you know, you should be able to get me more than like two meetings, you know? Um, and uh, so there's like, it's like, I'm looking, I'm so, I want to so start looking at an agency now because I can, you know, with, with, with this kind of stuff, you know, I mean, I, someone really, really big was like, if you get the extension on the third season, let me know and I'll walk you into WME, right. you know, and I was like, okay, that's great. You know, there's like, there was that carve out deal that I got with um, when I signed the thing so I could, so I could develop two shows while I was with you know, like still on like my show and, you know, like I wasn't able to capitalize on that for, you know, again, because it's like, there's, there's, there's always so much pressure I can put on my reps when I'm on the show and how much like I'm thinking about it. And it's like, but they didn't do anything in the last two weeks. I was like, okay, so, so what can I do to do that, to push those things? Because, 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 because one of those shows I had pitched the CBS and they were like, we want to do this, you know, mm-hmm. just find a showrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like the, they were like, find a showrunner who can handle the procedure element of your show because that's what we want. And the other element is, I mean, that's what we need. And, and the and the rest of it, the more character stuff, that's you because we, we, we read of you. So just find someone who can like make us feel comfortable. And it's like, I mean, you know, just the bullshit that goes on with like trying to find people and like, and I and I realized I was like, oh, if I was at if I was at apparently now when all the big agencies have resigned with their writers got, I was like, you know, if I was with one of them, it might have, it'd, be, it'd be easy for me to, to have got that going, you know. So you just said something interesting. So I was on the last time I was on Clubhouse, I was on with another big EP. <clears throat> we were talking about this exact thing, and somebody was bringing up the fact that they get. You know they'll 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 get a meeting with a with a with a with a network or whatever, and the the network would love their project, and then they're like, well, bring us back a showrunner. We're going. Don't you have the relationships with showrunners? Why why do you want me to go find it? You know. It's oh. Like, and this EP was going. No, they wouldn't do that. And I was like, yeah, dude, this is what's going on. I have two projects right now that are at big companies that are like, bring me back a showrunner, and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? They have oh, the relationships. It's ridiculous. No, no, no. They do. I mean, the thing that CBS, this was CBS did. Like, like, like I met with CBS Studios. I pitched them a show, mm-hmm. or and I pitched them a show, but I get, but they said they want to develop something with me. So I sent them like three pages of an idea, mm-hmm. and, and and they were like, "Can we send this to four producers who we have deals with to see who's interested?" Mm-hmm. And you know, and I was like, and I was, I was like, I was like, just four, and I was like, oh. Probably just four because of the show that because they had already thought about who would be like like a good pair with me, right. you know, and it was and it was it was all that. So I knew who they turned me on to. They turned me on to someone who I met with and was super excited about. And they we had a great meeting. I was kind of talking about this, but then they <laughs> said, "Can you wait till next April before we can talk about this?" Because 
there's shit we haven't there's shit that, that we're getting, that we're trying to turn in drafts and blah blah blah. This is like back in last September. Yeah. I said, wait till next April. <laughs> like, like, like that's. I mean, I you know they were like, what's the deal? And it was like, it just they're like, we just have the bandwidth. Like, we can't do too much. We're not a huge company. And I was like, okay, okay. And my managers are always like really excited about that. And that so so that is what you're saying. Like, yeah, if they want to do it then they'll put you in touch with people. The only thing is, is that because my manager, like, which is the way you can't do anything anyway, really, because you have, you're on your show. How much time do you think you have? And I was like, I don't know how much time I think I have. Like, I, I, I really don't, I didn't know how much free, like free time I would have mm-hmm. at night or on the weekends. And then and I still wanted to do these movies. So I was like, I don't even know like, like, like how to cover my time like any more than what it is. But then what I said myself was, but once, uh, once the new year happened, because yeah, they started giving me excuses about like, well, it's late, late October, November, people even buy, I was like, okay, whatever. The COVID shit was still getting everyone and the election was fucking with everyone. But soon hit top of November, I mean, top of December, or top of January, I was like, okay, I don't have to wait for, the company, the CBS, like, like wants me to work with. I know there's, there's someone, the person who put me in touch with CBS has done work with CBS. Mm-hmm. He was busy at the time. He was on a show, you know, mm-hmm. in the fall, but he's off the show now. So I called him up and said, hey, do you want to do this? And he read it and he was like, I'm in. I'm mm-hmm. fucking in. Let's just, I'm talking to my agents about this, you know, and blah, blah, blah. So that's how I was trying to move. But again, I'm saying to myself, this is me leveraging people that I know, you know, as opposed to my reps well, making calls. You're doing your producer EP work. Yeah, I'm doing all that work, and I'm yeah. kind of saying to myself, and it's like, well, you know, like, I know how to do all that, and I don't have a problem with that. The two things in terms of, like, you know, like, like being that, taking that initiative. The two things that I don't like about it are, um, A, I'm writing my managers this check every week. You know, you know, for the commission, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like taking mm-hmm. money that I can be putting in anything. I'd be putting in a Bitcoin. You know what I mean? What the, what the <laughs> fuck? Um, and I, I can't do that. Um, and um, so that's one issue. And then number two, it's just kind of like, um, like the time, you, uh, you know, it's like how much time do I have because I'm on the show to carve out and stop and do strategy. You know, and I'm kind of yeah. like, it's like what we were saying, what Carl was saying earlier. It's like, you got to sit down with your team and give them these goals. And I gave them goals. Uh-huh. Like, I, I, like, I sent them a list with this, this strategy, which I'm going to do again at the, at the top of April. It's like, this is what I want for the quarter. I mean, I prepped that all through the last week, last week of December and sent it to them that first day back of, um, of January, you know, whatever, January 3rd, something like that. The thing that pissed me off was, they didn't get back to me about till like the nineteenth. So they so they sat on it for like two weeks before they got back to me to even like discuss what it was. And I was like, well, we've already wasted kind of a, like this first month because you got you wouldn't get back to me, you know. Um, and then also like the thing again, this is why I want to look for an agent is because um, you know what they shared with me on that phone call was that in, d- in January was that my manager because I have two I'm working with. There's one. Well, she's pregnant, you know, like, oh, she's going to have her baby, you know, in like in March or, or like, like April or something like that. Right. And I was like, um, I'm not one to say that, you know, you can't live your life and do what you want to do. But I'm kind of like, but now I know that that's like the next six to nine months 
where you can't rightfully give me like like attention mm. you know and and you know what you absolutely right you shouldn't be giving people attention if you just have a baby you know but her baby was 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 premature by like i think a month or something like that so right. like so she had to pull out of what you know of what the strategy was like two weeks three weeks ago mm-hmm. and i'm just like it's more of like you know it's like it's again it's about keeping the momentum up keeping the momentum up like 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 who can i reach out to who can i get stuff to do and you know i was talking with steve harper the other day and he was mm-hmm. like dude like 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 you know a lot of people reach out to them and i was like i know i do but what's like but i don't have the time like i thought mm-hmm. if it's like a month ago when i had a little more time before she started getting wild um, I, I'd be a little more like in that space, but it's just it's a time thing that um, I think. I mean, I'm not talking you like like you don't know, but you know how it is when you're like you're on script. I'm not sure how it was like 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 for your show, but it's like you know the next. I mean, we all have the the like the writers who are still on contract all have to work on the final four scripts, like pieces of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I've got my script to do mm-hmm. because there's been a bunch of rewrites and like re- redo, redo, and network notes and budget stuff. Blah blah blah. It's like, hey, we got to change like all this shit, top to bottom. Blah blah blah. And it's like, can you do these three scenes in this episode? Can you do these three things in this episode on top of finishing up, on top of doing like your episode? Right. You know. So it's like it, that's why it's been a little crazy because because like that's not. Um, it it just wasn't like that earlier, you know. And now that it is, it's like. It's a lot, and then it's hard. It's really hard to write a scene or two scenes, you know, because it's like uh, like other, other people are writing because it's like the the scene coming in is feeding you, you know. You're like, how do I do that? And it's like, so it's it's um it's it's a lot of kind of like guesswork and writing and calling up people and because they were not in an office whereas if we were in the same office in the same space mm-hmm. i just go down the hall and say hey like how is this working you know but then it's like i gotta make a phone call or blah 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 and it's just you know it's, it's just <clears throat> the distance of what we're suffering through covid like even makes that kind of like that frankensteining of the script like a little more complicated than probably what it needs to be mm-hmm. um but yeah you know i mean i mean I don't know what's going to happen in the next two to three weeks for me in terms of the job, in terms of, you know, because I know there's other writers on our show who there's two other writers who fell out a month ago. By the way, you know, we're still recording right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So make sure you don't say anything. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. yeah so yeah, there's, there's two, two other writers who fell out because uh, their contract expired. Okay. And what everyone was saying was, well, they're not going to renew their contract until we get to season four because they'd already turned in their scripts and their scripts have been approved and, 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 and one of them actually was already in the middle of shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, so why do we have them on the staff still if they're not, not going to be writing for us? You know, but then crazy stuff started happening and... You know, it, it might have been easier if we had those two other people, but but the, those people are they're, they're not going to re. You know, what I'm saying like they're not going to. Are they more like upper levels? Uh, they're like story editors and, okay. and executive story editors, but it's just like what's happening now with more heads. It would be helpful for what we're trying to do, right. and I just feel like. But I think that's was also kind of, you know, causing me a bit of anxiety because I'm just like. Well, 
that's why I don't know how much time they'll give me off before season three if they bring me back for season three. Right. You know, so yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's wild. Hmm. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Well, it's I think wild. I think you just have to keep doing you and let and let it adjust because you have the right, according to that clause, to be able to still develop your stuff you're doing. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's that. I mean, then, uh, and then the, the, the other project, which I have, which I'm super excited about, too, you know, the, 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 the director who got on board with her, like his production company, he signed a big deal at a big studio mm-hmm. in January. And they were like, oh, there's another big company that, that we love to pair with to do your show because they also have a deal with the same studio and it'd be great and blah, blah, blah. And it kind of fits within that company's kind of stuff. But that was in early January. Here it is almost mid-March and we haven't heard back from them. And, you know, and, and they told me the other day, they were like, it's maddening to us. They haven't told us yes or no, and we don't even know. And then I called up a friend of mine who worked on, you know, a show uh, like like at that like at that at that company show the overall, and 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 he, and he was like, oh, you might be waiting a year before oh. they say before they say because 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 that producer's got some shows on the air that would that would take precedence always. And that person doesn't delegate. So, mm-hmm. so the people, like the her, the whole staff that that person has, has got no authority. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, and I was like. Everybody's uh, waiting for that one person. Waiting for that one person, yeah. to, you know. And I, I'm like, and I said to myself, you know, and, and, and so the guy I talked to, he was kind of like, you might just want to say to your reps, let's go to find somebody who's got momentum. There's other people who could do the show, yep. who would dig the show, who would be right for the show. And I, so I got to prep them for that call like now. It's, it's just a lot. I don't know. I'm just kind of like. <clears throat> now, Pamela and I are going through some interesting things, too, in development. And we just got on, brought on to develop a new series for a really big producer based on a book that's in that whole dark film noir type of style that we fucking love you know it's a vigilante story it's fucking awesome we're super excited about it um but there's still always you know little walls or little heels to climb and you know different personalities and different things and you know that we're dealing because they, they were gonna announce it in the trades last week that pamela and i were doing this project and um through some discussion, we decided not to do that. I'm not going to say who said to do that, but we decided not to because we wanted to make sure that we had our network attached to, you know, and all the other elements that make it look great for Deadline. Yeah. You know what I mean? the thing in development, you know, in essence, that's what it came down to. So um, it's at least held off for now, but they're still talking about the excitement of blasting in any way just as this project in development it's a number one amazon book you know and all these other things so man i'm gonna tell you offline what it is and you need to listen to it five minutes in you're gonna be on <laughs> it's on audible it's fucking off the chain off the chain anyway um so we're developing that and we're developing that other series i told you about uh, the, the 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 first black football players for the UCLA. Yeah. Um, so we're doing that. So I'm actually finishing the pitch on that. I finished it last night and I'm just cleaning up today. Hopefully I'll get it to Pamela and then she'll go back 
then we got to send it to the other guy who originally created it, get his thoughts before we deliver it to the producers. And stuff. Okay, that sounds dope. That sounds real dope, man. Crazy, man. And then all the shit I'm dealing with here, you know, with Scott's brother. And it's just, I don't know how you're doing that. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'd be sleeping all the time, but I, it's, you can't really, so. <laughs> well, I chill in a hot tub every night. It's like 45 degrees outside, and the hot tub is at 104, and I just go. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's good, y'all, because your head is cool, yes. but your body's warm, so yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Good. We might be here a whole nother week now. Scott just told me last night when we were sitting in the hot tub, I was like, ah. So, yeah. Yeah. But at least I get to see my parents. So That's cool. That's good. That's cool. All right, man. Um, oh, let me tell everybody where I'm at. I, I am your host, Hilliard Guest. I'm at Hilliard Guest on Instagram. Uh, Clubhouse, um, everywhere else you can find me. And I'm out there. You can follow the show. Screenwriters are, are on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you guys listen to. Give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics um, to blast it out there and to keep us you know, way up there in the, uh, in the metrics and stuff like that. What else, Chris? Where can they get us? So if you go to screenwritersrr.com, you can go to our website and you can hear, you know, like past episodes. You can buy stuff in the merchandising store. You can drop us a comment. You can support the show via our Patreon. Uh, There's a link on the website, screenwritersrr.com. Awesome. And any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. You still say screenwriters are hard when you do your bottle episodes. <laughs> it's just a habit. You know, I, I, know. I, I think I have the screenwriters are hard. I don't, I don't I think, think you do. That. That's what I think you do. I don't think do. it's set up, though. I don't know where it is. I don't have it as an email. Um, okay, okay, okay. I think I just bought it as a domain or something. I'm not really sure. Um, anyway, so uh, what else? What else? Anyway, shout out to Lisa, wherever she is. Big shout out to big bro Carl Seaton. You know, good having him on again. Um, always great to catch up with him. Like sure. I said, we're both so proud of him. He's just doing, he's he's doing what I would love to see you doing in the next two years. You know what I mean? So for sure, God's will, we're going to get to that point. Um, anyway, anything else you want to say to anybody? No, that's it. That's just, it. Just bye, motherfuckers. Bye, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, I, I mean, look, if, if, if you want some some, some movie recommendations, Go ahead, what you got? recommendations, I can't give you any because I haven't watched any. So I, I'm sorry. Oh, did you see Warrior? No, I know about it. I've, I've heard about it for like. It's I, interesting. I mean, I remember. I remember before it came on. Uh-huh. You know, like Glenn Mazar was trying to recommend uh-huh. me to get on that. Like, wait, because he he knew about. It's funny because he was saying like on Twitter that he's like, I just saw Warrior. He was like, right. well, like, 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 where the fuck have I been? I was like, I was like, but Glenn. You recommended me to the guys who were doing it before he even went on the air. Like you mm. introduced me to them, but I but I think that he didn't. He he just knew it was a kung fu show. He oh, didn't no. know like what it really was. Right. Um. And so, but I uh, didn't know that it was based on something about Bruce Lee or something. Or... Yeah, it's. Ba- I think I'm pretty. I, from what I remember, it's like he's based on the guy who eventually trained Bruce Lee when he came to. Oh, the, that's like the U- or the U.S. or something like that. Yeah, when that guy was young. Yeah, and then that guy then went back to. Uh, China, and then he, I think he trained Bruce Lee, or, or or started the temple where Bruce Lee, I can't remember the whole details, but there is a some link to that, so, yeah. It's supposed to be dope. It's supposed to be it's good. I, so, watched the, I watched the pilot. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of fucked up, because it's like, 
all those shows that were on Cinemax like that, like that, the Nick, like Banshee, fucking Outcast, or like like Strike Back, were some of the most amazing shows on TV that no one watched because they're on Cinemax. And HBO didn't know how to kind of like properly brand them because if they made them seem like it was prestige shit, it's like, well, then it should have been HBO. So it was just like, it's high tech action shit that's really kind of muscular, perhaps just for men, but I don't think so because all the female characters on like all those shows are really, really good, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll check it out and like awesome. Awesome. put it on the cool. list. Well, thank all you. Right. Y'all know how we do it on the rant room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what everybody, me and Chris. Wakanda forever. Peace, y'all. I'm going to say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room